Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, my friends, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins or on Instagram at Locked On Boston Bruins. You can find me at ENC McLaren on both platforms. Subscribe to Locked On Boston Bruins on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, wherever else you listen. If you could also kindly rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. Today is Thursday, January 7th. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Locked on Bruins. Clearly, there are events transpiring of great importance right now, and I do want to acknowledge that. I hope that I can provide you respite at this time, and again, thank you for joining me. Now, today on the podcast, I'm joined by Connor Ryan of the Boston sports journal to talk about his impressions of the team through training camp and just cover a whole bunch of things from the forwards to the defense down to the goaltending connor and i did kind of acknowledge what was happening at the time of our call in washington dc and again i hope you enjoy this conversation and that it can provide you with uh, a nice distraction here on thursday morning Connor and I did have a very lengthy conversation, and he's one of my favorite people on the Bruins beat. Very knowledgeable, very logical, and always has great perspective on this team. So I hope you enjoy this conversation and his thoughts from training camp so far. The big news from training camp on Wednesday was Tukarask addressing the media once again about his decision to leave the bubble. Connor and I touch on that near the end of our conversation, gone over it a lot here on the podcast. Again, fully support Tuka's decision and fully in his corner. Uh, So yeah, without further ado, let's jump to my conversation with Connor Ryan of the Boston Sports Journal. All right, I am joined on the podcast today by Connor Ryan of the Boston Sports Journal. I believe, uh, yeah, you were on, I don't know, sometime early last season, and obviously uh, a lot has changed, uh, but you're back kind of at training camp now. First off, thanks for for taking some time to chat, Connor, and what's it like kind of being back back, uh, covering hockey pretty much live for the most part without, I guess, player availabilities and things like that, but being able to, to watch training camp, at least uh, in person, how's that been so far? Well, it's definitely been a relief. Uh, you know, the, the time in which you were doing zoom calls and, you know, your sweatpants was, was cool for a while, <laughs> but I think it really kind of lost its luster once you hit like May or after this, you know, the return to play ended, you hit October, November, you're like, all right, I'm ready for, ready for things to get back to normal as I'm sure everyone else is in the past year. But, um, but it's been good getting back there now. Obviously it's uh, very different, as you said, uh, no access to the locker room. We're not going to get remotely close to these players or coaches or, or staff or anything like that. But uh, you kind of roll with the punches, right? We're still able to watch, uh, watch training camp, seeing how Cassidy's kind of uh, 
shuffling through his roster, seeing who's fighting mm-hmm. for, for spots in the lineup. So it's been good. It's uh, definitely an accelerated uh, kind of stretch here because we've got yeah. uh, games showing up in a week, but uh, it's good to be back. I guess apart from uh, maybe the, the shock of, of not seeing Zdeno Chara out there, um, what have your first impressions been of training camp so far, just kind of from that bird's eye view? Yeah, I think probably the one thing that maybe is not surprising, but it, it's interesting how they, you know, going into this where they don't have a lot of time on their side in terms of, you know, filling out this rosters, they've kind of more or less committed to a couple of different uh, players in, in defined roles. So, I mean, you've seen right. Jack Nika pretty much skate with Bergeron so far. So it seems like he's the odds on favorite to uh, replace Pasternak, at least for the time being. Uh, you look at Trent Frederick's gotten a look on the fourth line, which I think people are intrigued by as a guy who hopefully can take that next step and at the very least, right, be a fourth line regular for this team, which would help them out quite a bit. But obviously, I think the biggest challenge is finding a way to replace Tori Krug and Zidane Char in the on the decor, which is again, easier said than done. But so far it seems like they're kind of committing to uh, keeping Jeremy Lozon with Macros, uh, not Macros, mm-hmm. like Charlie McAvoy at the start and going with uh, Macros like and Brennan Kahlo, which, uh, in, in, you know, an interesting look. Uh, I think a lot of people were intrigued by what a McAvoy Grizzlick uh, yeah. pairing would look. Uh, maybe I'm guilty of that as a BU alum as well, but you know, their, <laughs> their numbers are, the numbers are certainly pretty good together. Um, but it seems like Cassidy's trying to find kind of that balance between those, those two pairings. And uh, I was crunching some of the numbers with Kahlo and Grizzlick. And for as much as I think people look at that on paper and see, a guy like Grizzlick, uh, as being kind of like, you know, a Tory Krug light. Right. When Kahlo and Grizzlick play together, it's actually pretty shocking. You'll get how often they're usually, you know, starting in the D zone or, or stuff like that. Obviously with a guy like Krug, who, you know, kind of his limitations, Kahlo got a, a whole bunch of ozone stats and favorable ice. When Grizzlick's been with Kahlo, they've got like a, I think a 40, a 40 percent ozone face off percentage. So I think maybe the thinking there for Cassidy is, you know, you, you know, what, uh, Brennan Kahlo's train side. You know that uh, Grizzlick is, you know, a plus defender in a third pairing role. He's due for more minutes. So I can kind of see the thinking there, but then you have to tackle that third pairing role, which seems like it's uh, kind of a rotating door for now. I think maybe the the favorite out of the first three days of camp might be uh, Jacob Zaborl and Kevin Miller. But again, we've got scrimmages on, on tap for Thursday and Friday. So we've got a long way to go, but it seems like they're at least trying to uh, get started on carving out these roles before, you know, the game start on January 14th. Allow me to talk for a moment about betonline.ag. The NFL playoffs are on this weekend. The NHL regular season is just around the corner and there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. And that's betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your sports book experts. You can visit them at betonline underscore AG to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. That's on Twitter, of course. Sign up for a free account and use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your sign-up bonus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about those D pairings and I think, yeah, you pretty much nailed it on, on the head as to what it appears as though we might be heading towards uh, for opening night in terms of um, the power play. Have they done a lot of power play work and has it been Grizzly on uh, manning the top power play or McAvoy? How do you see that shaking out uh, so far? 
Yeah, there hasn't been uh, too, too much in terms of uh, power play uh, or really that much special teams because I think also the penalty kill is going to be fascinating when you lose a guy like Chara who kind of steps in there. And even a guy like Nordstrom, who is a trusted PK guy, like, you know, is Andres Bjork who got uh, some PK reps last year. Is he a guy that steps in there? Um, So they've got a lot of kind of question marks to fill in there. So we haven't really seen too much of that yet, but I would imagine that, uh, Grizzly would probably get the first look there, um, right. just because he seemed like he was the first guy up uh, when Krug was either you know injured or on the shelf. And uh, for as much as you know, Tory Krug is a fantastic power play quarterback, and he's one of the more dynamic guys out there. I mean, you see him, you know, operating at the half wall and and you know finding those seam passes. Uh, the numbers when Grizzly's in that same spot have been uh, pretty spectacular too. Granted. Uh, when you're, you know, fishing pucks and sending it down to a Brad Marchand or yeah. David Posner, of course the goals are going to come. Right. But um, they do, they definitely have some pieces there though, to uh, kind of keep that power play going. It will be a, you know, a, a top three unit. Uh, maybe not especially with Posner on the shelf to open the air, but I still think they've got uh, the makings of, you know, uh, a top 10, maybe, maybe top five, if those guys, uh, you know, uh, live up to their expectations, but um, so far, we haven't really seen too much of like the personnel yet, which I imagine we'll probably start seeing tomorrow once scrimmages start. Right. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, uh, Jack Stanika kind of given the prime assignment at the moment, replacing, well, not replacing, you can't replace Pasta, but kind of filling in for him in his absence. Um, and it really seems like Bruce Cassidy is making an effort to, to keep Krejci and Kasha together, as well as Coyle and Smith to develop that uh, chemistry in the middle lines there. Um, my question is, and someone posed it to me, I, I wasn't really sure how to answer it. What if say Stanika does, you know, hang on the top line and he, and he uh, is able to impress where do you think he would slot into the lineup? Once Pasternak comes back, do they bump out Wagner? Do they try to, I don't know, put him a fourth line center and move Corrali over to the wing. Uh, where do you see Stanika fitting in? once Pasternak is healthy and if, you know, he proves that he does deserve a, a longer look at the NHL level. Yeah. I think it's definitely, I think Bruce Cass would probably label that as a good problem to have, right. <laughs> yeah. If you know, they, they uh, roll with Stanika on that top line and he does well, which all things considered, he, he probably, sh- you know, he should, you look at kind of the numbers, whoever you put on a line with, uh, with, Mer- uh, Marshan and Bergeron, whether it be, you know, like Connolly or even like Jimmy Hayes, any of those guys, the numbers usually look pretty good, uh, re- you know, regardless of kind of the sample size. So right. uh, it's a good way for a guy like Sidnika, who obviously impressed in the Toronto bubble a few months ago, good way to ease him into the lineup. Again, maybe ease is the, not the right word in terms of like, hey, we're going to give you top line minutes out of the gate. But <laughs> right. in terms of having, uh, you know, a defensive minded guy like uh, Bergeron, uh, a guy who's obviously one of the best, uh, forwards in the game uh you know to open it in a role like that where you're going to get those quality minutes and again it's not like Sonika has to reinvent the wheel right I mean if you're in great AIs you're probably going to get a few scoring chances coming your way when you got those two guys working with you um right. so if he does well there uh again it, it's a good problem to have for the Bruins because do you hit a situation where Pasternak comes back and if Kasha isn't working out do you yeah. do the the switch that everyone always talks about right of balancing out that top six and pasta goes with Krejci like that could be a possibility if Kasha's not working out you could you know slot in Stendinka there um you can kind of juggle a few a couple of those guys around um even again the fourth line would be an interesting role for him I I imagine 
you know, Cassidy, considering how much he loves to kind of keep that fourth line and kind of like that set role where, you know, their primary responsibility is, you know, matching up against another top six line, just kind of grinding them down. I feel like he probably wouldn't want to start Sadnika there uh, on the fourth line just because right. he values that role so much. And especially the last couple of years where you, you're seeing him give Bergeron less and less of those taxing defensive minutes. I think this year they're really going to focus on getting that fourth line back to maybe what it was two years ago when that Achari, Wagner, Corrali line was really clicking. Right. Um, but I still think whether it's, you know, are you bumping out, uh, you know, Kasha, I think is the one that'd be the most likely one, but if other situations, I mean, the third line, you don't really know what you have in Richie yet. I know right. the, the jury's definitely, I think, uh, yeah. not even out. I think a lot of people kind of made up their minds <laughs> on Richie who, who yeah. granted, I think, you know, I, I will say hasn't looked bad so far during camp. Okay, I think, yeah. I think, uh, Smith kind of helps him out a little bit there and that he opens up so much of that ice because of that shot he has. Um, and he's been kind of, Keeping it simple, which is all I, th- all I think you really need from Nick Ritchie, right? In terms of being just a guy that's down right. low. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I've been like kind of hitting on a whole bunch of different no, questions, but uh, I definitely think if Sneka does well there, it's a good problem to have for the Bruins because uh, there's a lot of guys that can kind of slot in and out of that lineup. Yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, Nick Ritchie. Actually, I I had kind of thought going into camp that it would be uh, kind of Bjork and Coyle mm-hmm. and Smith on the third line. Uh, now there's kind of three guys in and out on the left side there in the bottom six with, with Richie Bjork and Frederick, who you mentioned earlier. Um, yeah. How do you see that playing out? Does, is Richie, I had kind of thought maybe Richie will get that fourth line spot, uh, mm-hmm. but maybe they feel Frederick's ready for, for regular NHL action. Um, yeah. How do you see that playing out? Yeah, I, I think definitely for Richie, they're going to give him, I think, probably every opportunity at least to stop the year to have out a role, whether that be on the third third line or fourth line. I know as much as uh, I don't know how you can paint kind of, you know, his play up in Toronto is anything but a kind of disaster. I mean, I really don't <laughs> yeah. think it worked out at all, right? No. Um, but I, I think considering what they gave up to get him, considering, you know, if they wanted to buy him out during the buyout period in the offseason, I think it wouldn't have cost them like barely anything. I think, I think it would have, you know, been like a – an inconsequential kind of a buyer. There's not like money tacked on or anything like that. So if they really want to get rid of them, I think they would have. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but uh, I think they, they're intrigued by at least seeing what they have in them. So I think he sets off on the third line. And again, he's been solid so far. We'll see what happens during scrimmages when the, the pace kind of ramps up and if he can kind of keep up with that line. Um, again, when you're with Coyle, who likes to hold on to the puck, um, you know, it's sometimes all about just getting down to that great A ice and waiting for the chances to come, which I think, Smith helps out quite a bit in that regard, but if uh, Richie doesn't pan out there again, he could be a fourth line guy. I I think uh, one of the priorities for the Bruins is finding out uh, where they can add some, you know, size or at least guys who can be accountable on the ice in terms of, you know, when, when some of these games get kind of ugly, which I hate going into the narrative of like the Bruins need grit. Right. Cause you know, you go, you go down the rabbit hole, but (laughs) I I think uh, it's, pretty obvious when you look at you know you lose a guy like char and you look at a few of these teams they, they play against like I'm, I'm dreading the moment when they, they play washington just of how big yeah. that team is of yeah, you know when sure. tom wilson you know cracks david Pasternak or something like that like who's the guy who stands up you know is it is it kevin miller who will do that role but you you have to be cognizant of of his health and you know what he yep. can bring 
you. So is Richie the answer there? Is Frederick the answer there? Which if you have those two guys in your bottom six, (laughs) you know, maybe a team thinks differently about, you know, running one of your top six guys. So I don't think it's one of those things we need an enforcer, but I think it's definitely something that I think the Bruins are cognizant of of that. All right. You you lose Zdeno Chara, who he may not be the guy that was beating the bag out of everyone, but his presence alone, you know, made quite a few teams, you know, have second thoughts about running one of your guys. So I think that's definitely a thing they're looking at in terms of Richie. And one of the reasons why I think they want to give him kind of an extended look for the season gets started. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And I guess the other big question kind of all off season in a training camp is that left side on the, on the defense uh, you mentioned, it looks like uh, Lozon is, is going to go from, he has a left-hand shot, but he was playing the right side last season, primarily probably flipping over to the left. Looks like he'll play with McAvoy at least to start the season, but then you have, yeah, it looks like it'll come down to, uh, Zborl or or John Moore or even Yerho Vakanainen kind of competing for that spot. Um, I guess kind of a two-part question. Do you think it's kind of Zborl's shot to lose right now on that third pair? And going back to kind of that, not uh, glut of forwards, but there are some options up there. Do you think it's possible that there could be some maneuvering in terms of flipping a forward for a more established defenseman at some point prior to the trade deadline? Yeah, I think, especially with Zaboral, I think you kind of look at his situation and it seems like more or less at times now to see what he has up at the NHL level, especially given the fact that, uh, you know, if he gets sent down to Providence or the taxi squad, you have to pass through waivers, which I don't right. think they want to run that risk. So I think this is the opportunity for him. And uh, he's had a, an okay camp. I think, maybe the first few on ice sessions, it was kind of underwhelming because seemed like he was getting knocked around quite a bit. Like the compete really wasn't there, which again, it's, it's day one, day two of camp. You can't really draw right. too much stuff there, but uh, I thought he was really, really good on the ice today on, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, just smooth in, in transition. And I'm, I'm interested to see how he does during scrimmages because we haven't really seen like an extended look at him. He's barely played up at the NHL level, right. obviously. Um, and from all the scouting reports you hear about him, it, one I've, I've usually heard is that he's kind of like an offensive lineman in football where uh-huh. if you don't really notice him, it's a, a good thing. Like he doesn't, he's not like this, like Connor Clifton where he's like, you know, uh, colliding with guys right, or he's right. jumping up in the play all the time, but he's just a smooth guy who's, really good in transition, um, solid on the, the breakout, good first pass. So I'm interested to see how he does in scrimmages because if he's your third-pairing guy and he can give you 
you know, 16, 17, 18 minutes a night of just doing that, of, you know, having clean play. If he's with Kevin Miller, you know, just being defensively responsible. Yeah. Um, I think that's all you kind of look conformed to have right like that, that's all you really need if he's going to be a third pairing guy so i think he's probably going to get first dibs on the spot obviously i think john moore's the guy who's going to be in competition for it as well but i, I think the time is now just to see what right. you have in zaboro before you start looking at other options yeah. um and then you know in terms of outside help i think definitely you know defense is going to be the priority for them and it's something that i imagine they're probably going to revisit come the deadline when i think probably a few more teams are either selling and there's going to be more appealing options out on the, on the market. Um, and I can see it very much being a situation where, um, you're looking at them maybe targeting just like a rental guy, like a a pending UFA, as much as I think people are excited when you see, you know, Ekman Lawson earlier in the off season or, or Hannafin because he's from mass of course. But, uh, (laughs) I think you have to, I think you have to be cognizant of the fact too, that, uh, with that Seattle draft looming, I don't right. see them getting into a spot where they add a guy with term that Seattle would love to grab, right? Because then you're running into the risk where uh, you're losing, you know, Grizzlick or uh, or Kahlo or something like that. Right, so right, right. I, I can imagine it being a situation. I don't know. I can't think of too many off like the top of my head, but just, a, a, you know, a UFA, a pending UFA rental, a guy who, again, not like just some, you know, spare piece, but if there's like a guy who can give you, 18 plus minutes a night in a second pairing role or a guy, a left shot who can hold his own with uh, McAvoy. I think that's going to be going to be kind of what they target at the deadline. Right. I guess uh, I should mention it's Borle, obviously 2015 first round pick another guy mm-hmm. who's kind of in the same boat. Zach's initiate. I'm always curious to see how he's hanging. Is there any chance he is, NHL ready, or do you see him as a taxi squad guy, or or down back in the AHL? What's uh yeah? What's his his first impression been over the last few days? Yeah, he's he's been solid. I mean, it, I think it's one of those things where I I imagine right now it's probably more taxi squad than anything. Okay, um, which is kind of unfortunate because it. I think if you had a a more uh, normal schedule, right, where everything's not so compressed, I think you'd want to see what what he has to offer because right. I think people people kind of forget that before he got hurt when he was up in the NHL ranks last year, he was pretty yeah, he good, good with, with coil. Right? It was again. Yeah. yeah. Really, really. Yeah. Really, really limited kind of, you know, sample size, but still like seemed like he was a guy that could just be a viable bottom six guy. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, a guy who you could put on the PK, especially he's a, he's a bigger body. He's a good skater. So um, it kind of seems like maybe it could be a situation where he's kind of uh, on the outside looking in just based on the fact that they already have kind of a glut, of, of forwards, especially right. in that bottom six spot. But if he's in the taxi squad and you have to imagine there's going to be, uh, you know, plenty of bumps and bruises along the way, especially how, you know, fast paced the schedule is hopefully no, you know, COVID related incidents where you're right. losing, you know, multiple guys. Um, but I think if he uh, is able to land on the taxi squad, he could be a guy that I'd imagine you'd see in a couple of games. It's just, does he have a defined role out of camp? I think that's a, a tougher ask because right. just because there's so many guys, I think who are just a little bit higher up on the depth chat right now. Right. Right. Uh, before I let you go, I did want to touch on uh, Tuka Rask. He spoke to the media today via zoom. And uh, I know you tweeted out one of his quotes that, that kind of blew up about how he got uh, the phone call the night before he left the bubble that his daughter wasn't doing well. They needed to call an ambulance. And, you know, he said, 
basically it was, it was a no brainer that, that he had to go. It's been a, a topic all off season and most logical, rational Bruins fans totally understood, but there is still some residual resentment there from some fans. Uh, he did say today that he does want to keep playing. He has no intention of playing anywhere, but the Bruins, um, Again, just your overall take on where Rask has been this summer, where he is now, and kind of his future with the club. Obviously, yeah, fully understanding what happened back in the bubble and welcome back now, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, He's mentioned that there hasn't been any issues with it. And I think especially, you know, people ask me in the immediate aftermath and even during this offseason of, you know, it's one thing that he, he, he told his, his teammates they were leaving, but there's probably still pissed at him. Right. I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, one, we don't know the whole situation. Right. And two, it's like, you know, the, the people who are, are, you know, phrased it as, you know, it's part of your job, which again, like it's a kid, like, give me, give me a break. Like, are you really going to make that argument? So, I mean, it should be like a non, (laughs) non negotiable thing anyway, but you know, we'll, we'll, you'll, we will humor those people and say, all right, well, if you say it was your job, like, listen, it's one thing for these hockey players that it's part of your job when you're playing, you know, with, you know, a busted up knee or a broken bone or something like that's part of the job as crazy as it is for some of these guys. Right. right. When it's like your kid who is having a medical emergency that you need an ambulance for like, that's not part of your job. You like, exactly. you have to go be the parent and take care of them. So um, it's, you know, good to see that. I think, quite a few people are eating crow today when Rask once again, reiterate, you know, how ridiculous some of those stances were. Um, And then going forward, you know, I think, yeah, it shouldn't be much of a surprise much as, you know, there's still that fraction of the fan base who, who thinks he's not good, but the Bruins are a much better team (laughs) and they have Duke Rask, uh, you know, in the ranks. Uh, Interesting to see what happens moving forward. I still think you're, you know, you can debate how much longer this cup window is, but I still think he can be a, a, very good goalie uh, for the next, you know, two, if it's like a two, three year deal, maybe because it doesn't seem like he wants to play anywhere else. Um, you always have to factor in Dan Vladar and Jeremy Swayman, but it's kind of an unfortunate situation for those guys. And that I think if this was a normal year, the Bruins would be pumped if you had Vladar and Swimming both battling for a number one spot down in the AHL for a full season. For sure, You're yeah. not really going to get that now, right? Like even if both those guys are down there, they're going to play what 20 plus games, hopefully yeah. like you're not going to like that. That's not conducive to those guys, especially Swimming to adjust to the pro, the pro game right off the bat. So you're going to need an option in there for, for at least, you know, 2022 and probably another year or two after that. So I think it makes plenty of sense that Raf sticks around, but uh, I also thought Zidane Chara was going to sign a one-year deal easily, uh, yeah. you know, back when we were looking at the offseason back in September. So a lot can change, but uh, I think the Bruins are still in a much better spot when they have him in net. For sure. And just to tie a bow on the goalie situation, who do you think will be the third goalie that they keep? Will will they put those young guys down and, and keep that Callum Booth up for the taxi squad uh, just to give those kind of longer term pieces more active or, or do you think Vladder gets, gets the look since he was up in the bubble? How, how do you, how does that play out? Do you think? Yeah, I think probably right now it's maybe Booth is the taxi right. squad guy, just because I think they want to see what both Vladar and Swimming can do there, even if it's a limited schedule. And I think that also benefits Vladar too, because as much as he had a breakout season last year with Providence, he, he only played, I think like 25 games. He had that, that I think it was an yeah, ankle really. injury early on. 
uh, or it was one thing that had him on the shelf for, I think like six plus weeks to open last season. So he was, he missed a solid amount of time. So I think they want to ideally see how he does with more and more reps, not to say that last year was kind of, you know, a flash in the pan, but right. um, I think they just want to see that consistency that obviously all these goalies need if they want to get to the next level of the game. So I imagine Booth is kind of going to be the guy. And I think it's going to be one of those situations where something has to go heinously wrong if, <laughs> if Talent Booth is, is your goalie, but yeah. it's better than, you know, a Zamboni driver, right? Compared <laughs> yeah. to how it is up in Toronto. So I yeah, think, yeah. I think they'll, they'll weigh that risk if uh, Vladar and Swayman are, both down in Providence, at least continuing to develop in a somewhat normal regimen. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, Connor, I, I can't thank you enough for, for taking some time to chat. I always appreciate uh, your perspective on things and uh, remind people where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find your Bruins coverage. Yeah, we have uh, Bruins coverage pretty much every single day over at bostonsportsjournal.com. So follow us there. You can uh, subscribe to the site. Again, we have content for uh, Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, all that stuff every single day. Uh, So follow us over there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, in which I have daily camp updates or really bad jokes or terrible (laughs) gifs, uh, feel free to follow me at Connor Ryan underscore 93. And that's Connor with just one N. Very cool. All right. Well, Connor, uh, again, thanks so much. And I'll definitely hit you up to, uh, to chat during the season as the Bruins get rolling. And uh, yeah, we just see what happens during this uh, crazy condensed season where they're only going to play seven teams, I guess, and then into the playoffs. So definitely hit you up for your, uh, for your thoughts throughout the season for sure. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan, man. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much and enjoy your evening.